Greetings, I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. Welcome. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now, if we choose to. Here in the United States of America, of course, this black divism, black lives matter, namely, only black lives matter. Or, if you prefer, black lives matter most. Narrative continues. With the sponsorship, tacit or otherwise, of the entertainment industry, the entertainment capital of the world, as well as so very many politicians, particularly within the Democrat Party. Shocking, isn't it? Stop and think. Isn't the entertainment capital of the world, Los Angeles, Hollywood, isn't that associated directly, isn't that linked in arms with socialism, with leftism, going back at least to the mid-20th century, at least. But this is not exactly a change, shall we say. It simply happens to be a focus on this one aspect, element, tentacle of the overall agenda of the left. But it brings to mind a certain academician who back in 2016, at the end of 2016, was an associate professor at Drexel University, Associate Professor of Politics and Global Studies. His name's something like George Chicarello Maher, or Maher. And he tweeted a rant, hating, yes, being a hater of all things, hating a man for giving up his first-class seat on a flight to a uniformed serviceman. He decried that as horrible, hateful, monstrous. And he ranted about it. But no, we dare not accuse this professor, associate professor, of being a hater. Certainly not. Not an enlightened Luminary like him. On December 24th, 2016, he tweeted the following, quote, All I want for Christmas is white genocide! Exclamation mark, end quote. Perhaps that's hard to understand. Perhaps... We need to look back into his childhood to understand such sentiments. This is from a white man, right? White, anti-American, anti-white associate professor at Drexel University. Quote, all I want for Christmas is white genocide. You know, like what there was... (laughs) 
in former Rhodesia, Zimbabwe, following the change in regime there, what there was in South Africa following the change in regime there. But then he followed up on Sunday. He said, quote, to clarify, when the whites were massacred during the Haitian Revolution, that was a good thing indeed, end quote. That was to clarify what he meant by all I want for Christmas is white genocide. So for any who may have trouble understanding what it was he was trying to communicate, that should clear it up. When the whites were massacred during the Haitian Revolution, that was a good thing indeed. Interesting perspective, don't you think? Oh, but that has no relevance for today. No. Here we are, three and a half years later, in a nation which is beset by these great indoctrinating propagandistic efforts from the left. I would say the extreme left, but (laughs) that is really an oxymoron. The left. Interesting, these statements by this associate professor, again, were not categorized as hate speech. Fascinating. So what constitutes hate speech? Well, as long as it's against whites or Caucasians, it's not hate speech. And the same is true with hate crimes. You know, those fanciful distortions of law that were created specifically for instances in which blacks or sodomites would suffer. Fascinating. Various elements within Hollywood and elsewhere have decried government-sanctioned racist terror in the United States of America. Or, alternately, state-sanctioned racist terror in the United States of America. Fascinating, really. If you want to talk about government-sanctioned, state-sanctioned, then what you're talking about is pro-black racism, which has been the agenda of the federal government and state governments and municipal governments for decades upon decades upon decades also known as reverse discrimination. Affirmative action. Oh, that is, you know, just such a benevolent, beneficent name for it. That is government-sanctioned, government-mandated, state-sanctioned racism. But, again, 
the enlightened views of the left as communicated by the entertainment industry, by the major media elites, the national network news, the national networks through their local news operations, major newspapers, which, of course, are declining in their influence, even as the national TV networks have had reduced influence due to non-network news outlets. They used to enjoy a stranglehold monopoly, but such is not the case at present. But also the national magazines, they all have championed this propaganda of the left, which is what all propaganda is, of the left. Even when they say right-wing, they're referring to fascist. And fascism is a branch of socialism. But government-sanctioned, state-sanctioned, yes, racism, pro-black racism, anti-white Racism. During the Obama administration, that president and his vice president, Joe Biden, they used the Department of Justice as their private police force, as it were, to enforce their agenda. But this Black Lives Matter narrative, which again really means black lives matter most or only black lives matter, but it's very specific about which black lives. You know, it excludes all that can be labeled Uncle Tom's or Aunt Thomasina's. It excludes the Indian Indian people's. And so forth. Others whom in many cases are actually darker than so very many so-called blacks. And it's just extraordinary, really. If you stop and think about it. It's one of these things that is pulled out at various opportune times to be used as a bludgeoning instrument. So who are these blacks that are championed? You remember again that serial murderer Browner, who was lauded, who was championed by the Black Lives Matter movement leaders, who terrorized Southern California. But who are these? Oh, well, how about evil black kidnappers, rapists, enslavers, pimps, sex traffickers, gangsters, murderers, drug dealers, versus good, godly black Christians, all godly Black people 
policemen, servicemen, whom these others prey upon. These others prey heavily upon them. Evil black Islamist terrorists, Al-Shabaab, Boko Haram, and other Al-Qaeda affiliates and so forth, black communist terrorists, black terrorist regimes, dictatorships, versus good black Christians, godly people, national missionaries, native missionaries, Christian missionaries, whom they prey upon, among others. I've mentioned, as a case in point, Sudan, any number of times, where more than two million black Christians were slaughtered. All of the men limbs chopped off and their remaining bodies crucified, nursing mothers Breasts hacked off so that they could not nurse their babies. And the children, little girls as young as seven or eight, kidnapped, raped, used as concubines by these mighty men of Islam, black Islamists. Black Islamists, not Arab, but black. Little boys taken as slaves to serve them. Slavery in Africa, oh my, who would dream of such a thing if it were not for the complicity of blacks in the slave trade, there never would have been slave trade. But from Africa, Oh, but the wonderful Islamists, just wonderful people, the black Islamists, that's the true religion for blacks instead of that white man's religion, Christianity. Even though Jesus was not white per se, he was Hebrew, but the Islamists, the Arab Islamists, enslaved vast multitudes of black Africans and castrated a great many of the men. Oh, but it's the black man's religion. (laughs) Yes, these wonderful narratives. Even though Jesus Christ died for all races, families, tribes, tongues of peoples. But I mentioned about this being tied with the 2020 elections that are so fast approaching. Not just the presidential race, even though that is the cherry on top, but nonetheless, 
all of the elections. The Democrat Party engaging in usual standard operating procedure, race card, race baiting politics, whipping up mobs. Well, I'm going to get to, by the latter half of this program, back to the most dangerous man in the world. Not most dangerous men, even though you could see it that way, but the most dangerous man. I'm going to have something more to say about him. But prior to that, I feel the necessity of reviewing some information that I have provided in the past time and again because of its extreme importance and relevance. Going back to 1919, the Red Rules, the Communist Rules for Revolution. Number one, corrupt the young. Get them away from religion. Get them interested in sex, meaning sexual sin. Number two, break down the old moral virtues. Number three, encourage civil disorders and soft government attitude toward crime. Number four, divide the people into hostile groups according to race, religion, creed, nationality, language, and so forth. Divide them into hostile groups according to sex, according to every category that can be used to divide them. Certainly, Class politics. Number five, get the people's minds off their governments by focusing their attention on athletics, sex, again meaning sexual sin, etc. Number six, get control of all media. Number seven, destroy people's faith in their leaders. Number eight, cause the registration of all firearms to eventually confiscate them. This goes back to 1919, the communist rules for revolution, the red rules, how pertinent they are to today. You know, this has really kept up with the times, hasn't it? Get control of all media, of course, now has to broaden the scope to reach out and dominate online. But, of course, the podcasts are being dominated, too, by curators. Then, going back from that, 
That's only back to 1919. That's only 101 years ago. So let's go further back. Before the 20th century, into the 19th century, 1846, from Karl Marx's The Communist Manifesto. Number one, abolition of private property. Meaning, the regime shall take ownership of all property. Private property becomes illegal. Number two, heavy progressive income tax. So now that they have your property, they are going to also take whatever money you have. Number three, abolition of rights of inheritance, death tax, inheritance tax. No rights of inheritance. Kiss the family business goodbye. There will be nothing to pass on to future generations, to your children, let alone your grandchildren. No property, no wealth. And no rights of inheritance whatsoever. Everything will go to the state. What does this have to do with anything? This is leftism. Socialism. The communist manifesto. Number four. Confiscation of property of rebels. Isn't that redundant? We already had abolition of private property and heavy progressive income tax, and abolition of rights of inheritance. So what's the need for this? Confiscation of property of rebels. Well, it's just a fast track to strip all property from all people deemed rebels. And the people deemed rebels are the opponents of communism the opponents of this monstrous leftism, socialism, this evil leftist regime. They are rebels. Of course, there was much more than that, namely the confiscation of their lives, you know, the extermination of all so-called rebels, anybody that they claimed were rebels. Central bank, institution of a central bank, you know, like the Federal Reserve. Government ownership of communication and transportation. Government ownership and control, command and control of all means of communication and transportation. So you cannot speak, you cannot communicate with anybody, and you cannot go anywhere without being under the total control of the state. Number seven, government ownership of factories and agriculture. Well, duh, we already had abolition of private property, confiscation of property of rebels. So obviously we have government ownership of agriculture, along with, again, the abolition of rights of inheritance. It's 
not a question of whether the property will become that of the state. It's only a question of how long it will take. And no businesses, all factories owned by the government because they seize them at gunpoint. But of course, that couldn't happen in this modern society with all of the online businesses. Heavens, no, that could never happen. No. Well, you know, the leaders, those who have been so greatly enriched by the online businesses, they don't believe this could happen, which is why they're such champions of leftism. Talk about blindness in the extreme. But you find this everywhere that communism has taken over. Is that myriad individuals in academia, for instance, in media, in entertainment, in the arts, promote the leftism, the socialism, the communism, the fascism, that ultimately sweeps them away and destroys them. Eliminates them. Because it views them as a threat. It happened in Germany. It happened in Russia. It happened in China. Under the Nazi regime, under the socialist communist regime in the Soviet Union, under the communist regime in China. And it's happened everywhere else, that these have come to power. Such as in little Cambodia and so forth. But government control of labor, what does that mean? Government control of labor, government control of all workers. Oh, let's call it a workers' party. Let's call the Communist Party the Workers' Party. What a beautiful irony that is because the communist regime exercises total control over the workers. And yet they call it the Workers' Party. It is dark humor at its most extreme. Corporate farms. I know that seems redundant too, doesn't it? Corporate farms we already had at number seven, government ownership of factories and agriculture. But it's there nonetheless. Number nine, corporate farms, regional planning, centralized planning by the government. And finally, number 10, government control of education. That's right, to indoctrinate, to propagandize and indoctrinate the young. It's not just in communism, it's in all leftism. Fascism, same thing. Government control of education. Elimination of Christian schools, private schools. Everything becomes an extension of the state. And then we're going to go back to 1773. Back to the 18th century. But before I do, let me just say this. I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. And whatever is right and true and good in these programs, 
is thanks to God Almighty and His Holy Son, Jesus Christ. Whatever is lacking, erring, deficient, unworthy, is due to me, on me, my fault. Back in 1773, so near to 1776, isn't it? 1773, Meyer Bauer, who renamed himself with a new last name of Rothschild, he developed a 14-point plan for world domination. So what? What does that have to do with anything? Well, he provided the model that was used by Karl Marx in the Communist Manifesto in 1846, which was used by the communists with the Red Rules in 1919. Goes back to 1773 to one man. But his top 14 his 14 points. Paid propagandists will arouse feelings of hatred and revenge against the ruling classes. Of course, we saw this just a few years ago, didn't we? On the streets, in the major metropolitan areas, paid propagandists of the left arousing feelings of hatred and revenge against the ruling classes, so-called. Class warfare. Number two, the first principle, oh, and let me digress and say this, is that's what's going on right now. (laughs) With the blacktivism, with the Black Lives Matter, paid propagandists arousing feelings of hatred and revenge against these so-called ruling classes. In this case, against whites, against Caucasians, stirring up race warfare. (laughs) But back to number two. The first principle to remember is that law is force in disguise. Law is force in disguise. By the laws of nature, right lies in force. Or you can say might is right. Also, (laughs) there are other statements to that end, aren't there? Survival of the fittest, so-called, right? Number three, political freedom is an idea, not a fact. All that's necessary to usurp political power is to preach liberalism so that the electorate, for the sake of an idea, will yield some of its power and prerogatives into our hands. Well, of course, this can be accomplished other ways, can't it? 
such as reaction to pandemic and so forth. But number four, it is immaterial to the success of our plan whether the established governments are destroyed by external or internal foes. It doesn't matter. Very pragmatic here. As long as the established governments are destroyed, it doesn't matter where the source of that destruction is. Number five, the use of any and all means to reach our final goal is justified. The end justifies the means. Further, he says, morality demonstrates weakness, just like the Romans believed. They hated weakness, and they viewed love and mercy as weakness. But then you see Meyer, Amschel, Bauer, Rothschild, so-called Rothschild. His ancestry dates back to Rome. Seemingly to Nero, Caesar himself. But number six. Our right lies in force. Yes, isn't that redundant? Isn't that number two all over again? Very, very similar. Our right lies in force. It's all about force. Right means to attack by the right of the strong. To reconstruct. (laughs) You know, that means deconstruct and supplant. To reconstruct all existing institutions. And to become the sovereign lord of all those who leave to the enterprise the rights to their powers by laying them down in their liberalism. Interesting the terminology he uses, Lord, preach, and so forth. But this is utterly, satanically atheism. But atheist to many, but truly, if you really get at the root, it is satanic. But number seven, the power of our resources must remain invisible until the very moment when our movement has gained such strength that no cunning or force can undermine it. They're keeping their powder dry. Power must remain invisible until resistance is futile. until they enjoy overwhelming force. You know, such as after they have disarmed the civilian population, as they did in Nazi Germany, as they did in Russia, as they did in China, as they have everywhere that they've taken over. Number eight, alcoholic liquors, drugs, moral corruption, and vice will be used to corrupt the youth of all nations. You see, again, this is for worldwide regime. 
worldwide hegemony. That's what this is for, worldwide dictatorship. And they're using the same means for all nations. But, again, the focus here for a couple hundred years has been on the United States of America. Prior to that, it was on Europe and the U.K., It's not that they are not still targeted. Of course they are. But the greatest focus on what the Islamists refer to as the great Satan, which is really ironic given that that one whom they worship actually uses a pseudonym for his actual factual name of Satan. But. Number nine, after gaining sufficient power, we have the right to seize property by any means without hesitation. We have the right to seize property by any means without hesitation after we've gained enough power. Again, this predates communism significantly, all right? It laid the foundation for Marxism, socialism, communism, fascism. Number 10, particularly interesting, our slogan issued to the masses will be liberty, equality, and fraternity. What? Liberty, equality, and fraternity, yes. This became the battle cry of the French Revolution such a short time thereafter. He coined it. Yes, but a more contemporary wording of that, of liberty, equality, and fraternity, might be something like freedom, diversity, and equal rights. Number 11, wars will be directed so that the nations engaged on both sides, will be further in debt to our enterprise. They are going to be the bankers of all nations. And when they go to war, they will enrich this worldwide centralized bank, which will really hold the reins of control. Oh, but that is so unrealistic, isn't it? Number 12, candidates for public office will be servile and obedient to our commands so that they might readily be used. So that they might readily be used. In doing all of this evil, they become instruments Number 13, the combined wealth of the organization will control all outlets of public information. Control of all means of communication to be used for propaganda and to prevent rebellion (laughs) against the regime. Number 14, contrived and controlled 
panics and financial depressions will ultimately result in world government, a new order of one world government. Really? Wow. How is that for amazing? Hmm? Who would have dreamt that? Contrived and controlled, engineered panics and financial depressions will ultimately result in world government. Fascinating, isn't it? Oh, well, what did this man know back in 1773? (laughs) Right? Here we are, 2020, and we have not just a pandemic, but we have panic. Command and control dictatorially asserted by all of these democratic nations, democratic republics and otherwise, leading to resulting in financial depression in all of them, which will ultimately bring in massive regime change and one world regime. But (laughs) how long do you suppose it will be? I said in previous programs, how long do you suppose it will be before all Western nations, including the United States of America, surrender their national sovereignty, yield their national autonomy to a one world regime for the collective good, for the greater good. I said this before there was the slightest indication of the coronavirus. How long do you suppose it will be before all Western nations, including the United States of America, surrender their national sovereignty yield their national autonomy to a one-world regime for the collective good, for the greater good. All Western nations, all free nations, so-called, all former Christendom, so-called, and the others, the developed nations. How long? The democratic nations. What will be the straw that breaks the camel's back? That is, what will be the combination of factors or issues purportedly requiring all nations to yield their sovereignty, their autonomy, to a one-world regime in order for these purportedly unsolvable, unresolvable problems to be solved by a combined, single, worldwide regime. What will be the straw that breaks the camel's back? The fateful combination will include bugaboo, global climate change, global warming, 
natural disasters, earthquakes, tsunamis, volcanoes, lava flows, floods, tornadoes, hurricanes, fires. Islamist terrorism, nuclear weapons, so-called overpopulation, pollution, water crisis, water wars, potable water, famine, adequate food, and worldwide pandemics, epidemics, diseases, pestilence, among others. And what do we have today? Pandemic. And nations reacting in lockstep to lock down their nations, to deprive their citizens of the rights of citizenship. What do we have also being exacerbated by this water crisis, water wars, deficiency of potable water, famine, deficiency of adequate food, the destruction of farms and ranches, the destruction of food processing and food distribution, and of course, bringing in worldwide depression. Yes, these are all coming to pass. And I also said, and while we can perhaps not think of any royals that are capable of performing more than figurehead duties, know that various royals will play a role in the coming planned regime. They will. I don't know how many of those who currently are viewed as being in royal lines of succession. I can't say which ones, but I know that according to the authority of something that is ever so much more authoritative and that is actually true, the Bible, 10 kings shall rise like a graduating class. Ten shall rise simultaneously. Now, whether they will all be recognized as kings, viewed as kings, honored as kings, I don't know. The inference in the Bible is that they shall, but ten. But they will not be the most dangerous man in the world. One shall rise after them, after they have prepared the way. One shall rise after them. He shall come in peaceably, and he shall overthrow three of those ten for whatever reason. If you happen to read about communism and fascism and such, Marxism, wherever it has raised its ugly head, you will find that purges are very, very common. One of the hallmarks. But this one who will come in after them, 
He will overthrow three of them. And these kings who have risen before him, they shall act as if they have one mind. They shall submit their power and strength to this one that is variously referred to as the beast. There are other (laughs) things referred to as the beast, but that's one of the titles given to this one. And all together, all united, they will wage war against Jesus Christ by waging war against Christians throughout the world. And they shall cast a broader net. They shall also wage war against the Jews. This, of course, is a hallmark of Islam. But this is not going to be Islamist. This is going to be the reconstitution of the late great Roman Empire. What will we find will be pervading the world? Propaganda, indoctrination, social engineering, behavior modification, and enslavement. They shall actually proliferate prior to this, but they shall continue to proliferate. But in Brazil... Deaths from the coronavirus are now the highest in the world. And the inner circle of President Jair Bolsonaro seem to be clamoring for the military to help out, to take over, (laughs) almost. And uh, the son of Jair, Eduardo, said, quote, it's no longer an opinion about if, but when this will happen. Regime change. Meanwhile, in the United States of America, in Alaska, United States forces, the North American Aerospace Defense Command, F-22 fighter jets, supported by KC-135 strato tankers and E-3 airborne warning and control systems, they accomplished two intercepts or interceptions of Russian bomber formations the other day. When I say bomber formations, I'm not talking about a lone Russian bomber, one of their massive bear bombers, But actual formations, quote, the first formation consisted of two TU-95 bombers accompanied by two SU-35 fighter jets and an A-50 airborne early warning and control aircraft, which came within 20 nautical miles of Alaskan shores. So what? You know, the second formation consisted of two TU-95 bombers supported by an A-50 and came within 32 nautical miles, end quote. Well, the United States territorial airspace begins 12 miles from the coastline. And this one group came within eight miles of that. What were they doing? They were simply testing 
the defenses, prodding, probing, testing. Oh, but we don't have to worry about Russia. Come on, Putin's Russian regime. All he wants is peace and prosperity. Can't we all just get along? Well, there is going to be sweeping, massive regime change worldwide. According to the Bible, not according to me, according to the Bible. When it's going to happen, again, I cannot see it happening further out than 10 years, nine and a half years. But it would seem it's going to happen well before that. But again, if you don't believe in the Bible, that's all right. Just dismiss it. I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now, if we choose to. Thank you. Thank you.